Praise the Lord. It's time to get started. Come on, put your hands together. Put your hands together like Jesus is Lord. We turn pastor's mic on for me, Mike. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. We welcome you to this morning service, this 8 o'clock service. We welcome all of our live streamers as well. Thank God for your presence and for your prayers. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing, and we're glad about it. Amen. Won't you join me in a moment of prayer? Oh, God, all glory and honor, adoration, praise belong to you. Prepare us now through the active presence of your spirit to come before you rightly. Enlighten our understanding, purify our every desire, quicken our wills, and strengthen every right purpose. Move in this house, O oh God. Anoint us afresh for kingdom service. And let there be no hindrance in our worship, no distraction in our praise, no hesitation in our hallelujahs. Direct this hour of worship to the magnifying of your name and to the enduring good of us, your children, and your servants, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and amen. The Bible says, praise the Lord with the timbrel and the dance. We have our young people, Youth for Christ this morning, who are going to do just that. Why won't we give them a great big hand and give God a great big hand of praise this morning? Youth for Christ, praise him with the dance.
awesome why don't you give him a great big hand of praise our God is an awesome God hallelujah he reigns forever and ever amen 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 deacon won't you come and lead us in a moment of prayer he reigns hallelujah another beautiful day that the Lord has made uh, this morning he woke us in our right mind and allowed us to come out one more time mm. to praise him. My God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the week that you brought us through, dear Father. We thank you for letting us start anew, dear Lord. Praise indeed. Be with us this day, O oh Lord, as we present our gifts, as we present our troubles, as we present those needs that we have, O oh Lord. Please remember those who are sick and those who were bedridden, dear Lord, have mercy upon them, dear Father. Dear Lord, we ask you to go with us this day. Lead us and guide us and help us, dear Lord. Touch our hearts, touch our minds, dear Lord, and bless the man that's going to bring your preach word today. May it help somebody, dear Lord, find the way. Be with us and keep us, Lord. We ask these blessings, we give these thanks, O Lord, in our most holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 We invite you to stand now for the reading of the responsive word. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Responsive reading. We ask that we read it all together at the same time. Let us read together. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Brother Thickpin, won't you come and lead us in our congregational hymn for the morning? Of course, you will see the, the song on the screen, but we ask that you just sing as until the heaven get the news. Won't you sing with us now? Oh, how I love you. Oh, how I love you. Yeah, yeah. There is a name. Oh uh -huh. 
the Lord, you'll be in good hands, amen. God bless you. We're going to share with you just a few announcements, and we ask you to be receptive with those because I know that somebody needs to hear what they need to hear. We ask that you please continue to pray for our own brother Graham. He is doing what I understand is quite well, but we ask that you pray for him that he will soon be back with us, amen. Also, we're going to ask that you pray for brother, the brother of Peggy Moore Howard, and Sylvester Hilliard, uh, of course, they have members and friends that, that lost in Chicago, but we ask you to pray for them as well. Also, ask you to continue to, to uh, pray for the Danny McCoy family, and we also, I'm going to ask that you pray for a person in my family, my sister, my older sister passed away this past week, and we ask that you for your prayers as well. I understand that the woman, the women's choir minister will soon begin practice for Father's Day. Isn't that wonderful, men? So we, <laughs> so we ask that you just support them in a way that you possibly can. I believe these are our announcements now from the podium. We're going to ask if you would, uh, upstairs, media, if you would come.
King Youth Day Celebration. Our summer reading program will take place here at Cade on June the 24th through the 28th from 8 a.m. to 12 noon. You may register in the Old Fellowship Hall or via the Cade Chapel app. Join us for VBS 2019 here at Cade June the 10th through the 13th from 5 to 8 p.m. each night. Pre-register in the Old Fellowship Hall or via the Cade Chapel app. For more information, please contact Sister Linda Butler at 601-572-5811. Our Men's Day activities kick off this week. The bowling tournament will take place on tomorrow night at Metro 24 Bowling Center off Lynch Street and begins at 6 p.m. The cost is $25 for adults and $15 for children. Please contact Brother Ernest Green or Brother Charles Simpson for more information. The 15th annual Nate Ruffin Golf Tournament will take place on Friday, June the 7th at the Whisper Lake Golf Course. The registration begins at 8 a.m. and the putting contest at 10 with a shotgun start at 11. Please contact Brother Calvin Williams for more information on this event. And on Friday night, the 3-on-3 basketball tournament will take place in the Lily Wright Family Life Gym. This will start at 7 p.m. The Men's Day Choir Rehearsal will take place on Saturday, June the 8th at 9 a.m. All are welcome to participate. And then following rehearsal, join us for the skeet shooting contest at Brother Troy Luster's Ranch at 11 a.m. The cost is $15 per person. Shotguns only, 12 gauge or 20 gauge and children under 12 must be accompanied by an adult. Please contact Brother Thomas Owens for more information. And our Men's Day celebration will take place on Sunday, June the 9th during the 11 o'clock worship service. It's first Sunday here at Kate Chapel, which means we're celebrating your birthdays. Happy birthday to everyone with a birthday during the month of June. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com, or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app, but be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Amen. We have a note here that said the family of the late Mario Ledbetter would like to sincerely thank you for your kind expressions and sympathy and thoughtfulness. It is deeply appreciated and will always be remembered again. They simply said thank you, and we ask you to continue to say thank you to all of our members, friends, whoever they are, amen? Because what they've gone through, we yet to go. This time, we're going to just pause just for a moment, just before. I think i just go ahead and recognize our, our visitors, though. Listen, if you are at present right now, and you, uh, you're not a member of this wonderful, I'll, I'll leave it there. <laughs> We're going to ask all of our visitors, if you would, please stand. Stand up, visitors. Amen, amen, all of our visitors. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. More. Amen. Won't you remain standing for just a moment? I want amen. you to know on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Reginald Burke, our pastor, Mr. Reverend Hart, Burke, and the entire KTM family, just so happy you chose to worship with us today. If you're just visiting, please come in time to get the live. But if by chance looking for a church home, before you leave today, we're going to try to convince you just around home. This is our fellowship here. We want you to reach out and welcome your neighbor. Welcome to Kate Chapel.
of the Lord. Amen. Again, we wish happy birthday to all of our June birthday babies. Amen. Do we have the June birthday babies in the sanctuary? Why don't you stand to your feet? Let us wish you happy birthday this morning, all of our June bir birthday babies. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Happy birthday. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. <clears throat> uh, uh, I think it was a couple of months ago, last month maybe. If you all were at the, some of you uh, were not here, but the 11 o'clock service a couple of months ago, a, a beat, no, a wasp stung me. Yeah, yeah. And I ain't make a big deal about it. I was trying to be real cool about it. You know, I was, it, it, service, it was over. I mean, it was a good service, and it, it popped me right here. I just held my hand, and I just went out. And evidently, some people saw it, and they came out and, and, and met me in the, in the hallway, and they said, Reverend, we saw it. Are you okay? And it was a team of nurses that gathered around me. I mean, they got me everything from Benadryl. Somebody got some tobacco and put on it and said, put, I mean, they got, they got all kind of stuff. I'm t yeah, evidently tobacco. Well, don't don't ask questions now. Don't ask questions. Amen. They had it. It was in the medicine. It was in the medicine cabinet. Amen. But but they they t they tended to me. They made sure that I was okay and got me well. And I said all of that to say we have a wonderful team of congregational nurses here. Amen. <laughs> wonderful team of congregational nurses. And in fact, added to that staff. Added to that staff having completed. Uh, the Congregational Nursing Program, uh, Sister Ruby Florence, amen, is the newest uh, congregational nurse. I don't know if she's here this morning, but on behalf of, of our, our ministry staff, uh, congregational staff, we thank God for you, and, and go ahead and put your gloves and everything else on, because I got a feeling we're going to put you to work around here, amen. God bless you. Congratulations to you. Listen, we do want to be in prayer for the Thickpin family, for uh, Jackie and Ian, uh, that's uh, Jackie's mom who passed. My understanding is that the, uh, the uh, services are going to be this Saturday uh, in Columbia, Mississippi at the Owens Chapel uh, Missionary Baptist Church in Columbia, Mississippi this Saturday at 11 a.m. Again, that's Brother Thickpin's oldest sister uh, and Jackie uh, Jones's mother, Jackie and Ian Jones. God bless you. We're going to be praying for them and with them. Amen. Amen. Men's Day is coming up. I heard on the screen there's the, uh, the skeet shooting contest going on. Now, listen, somebody said, I heard it said 12 and 20 gauge. I have a 16 gauge. Can I bring that? I can bring that? All right. 16 gauge. All right. We're we going to, all right. I got a muzzle loader. Can I bring that? No muzzle loaders. All right. All right, all right, but we want everyone to come out and enjoy it. And my understanding is for that, for that one, uh, all are welcome. T children, women, men, all are welcome to participate in that skeet shooting contest. Is that right? Three different categories. Amen. So we're looking forward to a great time on that. God bless you and God keep you. Listen, I'm glad to have my friend here this morning, Ms. Cassandra Welch, and she's going to come for two minutes and introduce herself to us. She's running for a seat in the uh, Mississippi State House of Representatives, I think District 60. 68. God bless you. She's doing amazing work around the state. Cassandra, come on and introduce yourself to Kate Chapel. Won't you receive her now? Good morning. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Buckley, for having me um, here. I am Cassandra Welchland, and I am running for the Mississippi um, Legislature House of Representative District 68. Um, this is a seat that's being vacated by Mr. Credell Calhoun, and it is an open seat. I believe that at the heart of God is equity and justice. 
And I believe that when he made me, he kind of gave me a full measure of all of that to advocate on behalf of women and children. I'm native to Jackson, attend Jackson State, attended Jackson State University, and I attend New Horizon Church, um, and have been there uh, for about 30 years now. I, have, I am a community activist and have been advocating um, at the policy level because I believe that policies impact people's kitchen tables, amen? And I believe, um, and I've been working at the legislature to, at the, at the to introduce legislation with folks like Ms. Alice Clark around equal pay for equal work, child care, um, introducing legislation around access to health care and drafting that legislation. And I believe that it's time to put good leadership in there that understands what it means to be able to bring people's issues to the policy table, and that has been my heart. And that is what I've been doing over the course of my 20-year career, working at the legislature and bringing people's issues to the table. And so I'm offering myself in service to advocate and to be that voice at the table that brings a people-centered approach to the legislature. And so on August 6th, I ask for your uh, vote, and I ask that you would be there um, to support me. And thank you so very much. Amen. You got double, amen. double attention. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Amen. One more, one more is coming. Now, well, now listen, now we don't have to. All right. Bless, all right. Bless his, bless his name. To, uh, brother, brother Fair, brother Fair, brother Fair, where are you? I saw brother Fair. Brother Fair, come on. God bless you. Brother Fair, won't you come? Won't you come? Two minutes, two minutes, and listen, while he's coming, let's, let's, let's keep worship going. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, Brother Fair. Won't you come? Morning, Case Chapel. Uh, I'm no stranger here. You know, when I started in 2003, it started here. I came to you first, and you elected me. One of the things that we promised you in 2003 was uh, we was going to make sure we shortened the lines down at the Hines County Tax Collector's Office where you no longer had to stand out in the heat, the rain, and the snow. And we did that. If you've had an opportunity to come down to the tax collector's office, you see there is no long lines. You can come in and out of the tax collector's office within three to five minutes. But we also made sure that we took here our senior citizens. We have a special line just for you. But we took it a step further. We took care of the, the handicapped, people in wheelchairs, people on crutches. We do curbside service to make sure we took care of you as well. You know, the tax collector's office will call the keeper of the revenue for the county. If you are the city of Jackson, on the 20th of the month by state statute, we're the one funded everybody, whether you're the mayor, the police chief, or whoever you may be. If you are from the county, Hines County, whether you're the supervisor, uh, judge, or whomever, on the 20th of the month by statute, we make sure you're funded. Same thing with school board. You know, no matter who you are, if you're part of JPS, if you're part of Clinton Public School System, if you're part of the county school system, on the 20th of the month, we make sure that you are funded as well. So that's what the, the tax collector do. So we're asking you again, as you did in 2003 and ever since then, we have been your tax collector for the last 15 and a half years to come out and vote again for your Hines County tax collector, Eddie Fair. Amen. And I guarantee you experience always count. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. I think we may have had a mix-up this morning, but since this person is here, we're going to give you an opportunity. We do want to, to make sure that uh, uh, those who are offering themselves as candidates 
uh, for office. Certainly, it's, it's been our policy through the years to have an open forum for that. Uh, but we, we want you to register in advance before coming to the services so that we can plan accordingly so that we don't uh, get into these, these, these mix-ups. Stan Alexander, you're here for running for district attorney. Won't you come quickly? Quickly, sir. Thank you. Good morning, Katie Chapel. I first bring you greetings from Greater Mount Island Missionary Baptist Church, where I served as a deacon for the past 15 years. I am Stan Alexander, and I'm running for district attorney. Let me tell you why I'm running. I'm running because we have a problem with crime here in Hines County. And it's a twofold problem. One, we have a group of people that are killing, murdering, robbing, and abusing senior citizens. Those folks, we've got to get off the streets. We've got to lock them up for a period of time, and I have no problem with doing that. I've been a prosecutor for 18 years. The first seven under Faye Peterson, now Judge Faye Peterson, and for the last 11, I've been the chief prosecutor for the entire state of Mississippi. Let me ask you to do this. When you decide to vote for a district attorney, when you decide to pick any attorney, you ask that attorney about cases they've handled. Ask my opponents about cases they've prosecuted, murder cases, robbery cases, shoplifting cases, any type of cases. And if they can't tell you about prosecuting cases, then they're not running on experience like I am. They're running on experimenting on you to learn how to do the job. We have had 45 murders already in Jackson. We don't have time for an on-the-job training DA. My God. I have these size 13s, and I plan to hit the ground running as soon as I take office. All right. Because I've been doing it for 18 years, and I will continue to do it. Now, before I sit down, let me say this. I see we're having a youth program there, and that's a great thing because that's the way to put crime out of business, put prosecutors out of business, put police out of business, Christian education. So before <laughs> I sit down, I'm going to give the good deacon donation to your youth department. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Amen. Amen. I'm glad you didn't get him too fast. Amen. <laughs> Let him get that out of the way. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Being the pastor, we can circle back around if any of them other candidates want to come back up. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Where are you, Sister Gail? Sister Gail? Oh, come on down. Can you run? Good morning. Coming to Cade Chapel Missionary Baptist Church on July 28, 19, 2019, is our senior pastor's 12th year anniversary. Okay, let me make this plain. 12 years ago, Reverend Reginald M. Buckley came back home saying yes to the Lord to pastor us, to shepherd us, to love on us, y'all. Tw 12 years ago, his lovely wife, Lucretia, his beautiful children, Jonathan and Anna, also came with him to do God's will. And it was the Lord's doing because it has been marvelous in our eyes. 
See, for you see, the number 12 is no ordinary number. It represents perfection. I mean, it takes 12 eggs to make. It takes 12 months to make. Take 12 inches to make. And the Bible teaches us that in our heavenly home, there are going to be 12 gates. It teaches us that at each gate will be posted an angel. So that's 12. And they tell me that the gates are pearly, so that's 12 pearls. So the number 12 has been studied and represents godly authority, faith, and church. So God has given us, Kate Chapel, 12 years of dynamic leadership, 12 years of an aggressive visionary who ain't scared of nothing. <laughs> 12 years of a world-renowned man of God who's clothed in humility. So this 12th year anniversary deserves a display of gratitude on our part to God our Father for being so good to us here at Cade. So in addition to you coming to the 11 o'clock service that will be on July 28, 2019, show your love. We are asking for $50. But if God puts in your heart to do more, do that. Be obedient. If your money funny, then do whatever it is that God puts on your heart to do because it's the act and the heart behind the act. And last but not least, as is our tradition for this most auspicious occasion, we would be remiss if we did not have our Friday night family fellowship with our first family. And this year on July 12th, we will experience a very special evening and it's called the Buckley Night of Stars. This event will be filled with unique talent acts and surprise performances like nothing you've ever seen before. Because this is the 12th year anniversary, we're hoping to have 12 acts. If you got talent, I say, if you got talent, there is a table in the back for you to sign up, but it is on a first-come, first-served basis. And the talent should exemplify and be dedicated to the glory of God for the gift of our pastor. This talent, we're looking for singing, liturgical dance, and other displays celebrating our pastor and his family. No one is too young to participate and no one is too old, but spaces are limited. So we are already set up in the back. God has blessed us, y'all, with 12 years under the Reverend Reginald M. Buckley. And we, the people of Cade, ought to be excited. Are you excited to celebrate God and to celebrate our gracious and loving pastor? Each of you are invited to fellowship, to give, and to show your talent. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Didn't realize it was already 12. Amen. Amen. Listen, it's time to give now. Amen. 
Amen. We give for three reasons here at Cade. We give because it demonstrates our obedience to God's word. We give also because it's a sign of our thankfulness to God for all of the provisions that he brings into our lives. But then thirdly, we give because we want to see God do kingdom work through us. And it's a privilege to be able to participate in what God is doing. And so we invite you now to prepare your gifts, your tithes, and your offerings as we give now to the Lord our God. brought a willing offering unto the Lord every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work which the Lord hath commanded to be made by the hand of Moses this is the word of God for the people of God praise glory and honor to God amen
worthy to be praised. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you now. And yes, we know that you do deserve our highest praise because you are good. Thank you now, Lord, for these gifts which have been taken. We ask that you will bless them in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Women's Chorus will rehearse on Wednesday at 6.30, preparing for Father's Day. Women's Chorus Wednesday, this Wednesday at 6.30. At this time in our services, we prepare for the message, and we do that at KHA Chapel through something we call special music. It's an opportunity for us to clear our minds of the world and what's going on outside and prepare our minds to meditate and to concentrate on the word from the pulpit. We do that through a selection, special selection from the choir, Special music. What's the love?
Oh, great is the Lord. Oh, great is the Lord. Does anybody know he's great this morning? Anybody glad that he's a great God? He's an awesome God. He's a mighty God. He, he's great all by himself. Doesn't need any help from us. He's just good and great. And greatly to be praised from the rising of the sun. He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Great Listen, I want to introduce a little affirmation that I want us to sort of get into the habit of saying before the word of God. If you don't mind, won't you repeat these words after me? I'm about to hear God's holy word concerning my life. My mind is focused. My ears are open. My heart is ready. My soul is thirsty. Now preach, preacher. Yeah, that sound pretty good. That sound pretty good. That sound pretty good. That sound pretty good. Won't you join with me in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, just a couple of verses, verses 12 and 13, Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. It reads as follows, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Join me in a moment of prayer, O oh God, our Father, who has called sinful men to speak forth the saving truth of your holy gospel. 
Help me now to be a faithful messenger to the people whom you've given me charge. Commit me now with honest conviction, clear speech, and a pure intention, the great glory and the salvation of souls through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk from the subject this morning, do the work. Do the work. Do, do, do the work. Do you remember, do you remember, do you remember, do you remember when Jesus became real in your life? I'm pausing for a moment because I want you to, to remember that moment when Jesus became real in your life. I'm not talking about when you joined the church because depending on the circumstances, that may or may not have been a Jesus moment. I'm asking, do you remember when Jesus became real in your life? I'm talking about the day when you decided it was time for you to get serious with God. You remember that day? You, you, you remember, or, or do you remember that moment after you were saved that you had perhaps a refreshing or a recommitting encounter with God when you came back to what you knew to be true in the first place? Do you remember, just for a moment, do you remember how you felt? Do you remember what you thought? Do you remember how you left that experience accepting the Father's forgiveness? How you left that moment expecting a change in your life? How you left that feeling, that, that, fe that moment feeling a closeness with the Creator? Do you remember when you decided it's time for me to get serious with God and how you left that encounter lifted from the weight of unconfessed sin or released from the chains of unforgiven faults or rescued from the grips of unforgiveness? unresolved guilt or freed from the power of uncontrolled habits do you remember you remember when you got real with the Lord and decided it was time for you to have more than just a form of godliness in your life it was time for more than just you being present at church it was time for more than you just reading God's word but rather living it out do you remember do you remember when you got sick of yourself Remember when you got sick of yourself and the contradictions that you were living, when, when you got tired of the lies that you were telling and you were fed up with the deceptions that you had become proficient at projecting? Do you remember when you looked at yourself and you turned your own stomach? You remember when you decided, I'm not playing games with God anymore. I really want to know him. I want to feel his heart. I want to hear his voice. I want to hold his hand. And one day I want to see his face. Now, if you have not had that moment, then my prayer for you is that even now your heart would be pricked and your spirit would be so convicted to know that it's time for you to have that kind of encounter with God. And my prayer is that before you leave this place today, that if you have not known him, that you would know that that's what has been missing in your life and you would be transparent before the Lord during this invitation time when it is extended and you would simply say, yes, I need to know the Lord like that. Yes, it's time for me to get real with God. Yes, I need him in my life. 
I want the Father to be my friend. I want to be able to walk in victory and live in authority. I want to feel the proximity of God in my life. That's my prayer for you if you have not felt that yet. Because an encounter like that, after that kind of experience and that kind of encounter, you want to be pleasing to the Father. You want the Spirit of God to fill you and direct you and empower you for godly living. After that kind of encounter, you want to put down the things that have messed up your past. You want to let go of the idols that you have worshipped. You want to be done with the temptations to which you have yielded. You want to be finished with the issues that have kept you distanced from your destiny and far from your Father. After an encounter like that, you're deciding now it's time for me to just be real with you, God. And after you have that kind of moment, you leave it with passion, you leave it with fire, you leave it with zeal because you want to see the will of God realized in you. Do, do y'all remember that? You left that moment on fire for God. Full of passion, full of the problem, the problem, the problem, Marino, is that passion, fire, and zeal are not enough to keep you on the right path. Passion alone is not sufficient for long-lasting spiritual change. Zeal by itself is not enough to cause you to have consistency in your living for the Lord. A fire won't keep burning unless you put some logs on it after a while, which means if you are going to see substantial and sustainable development as a disciple of Christ, if you are going to see progress in your life as a child of God, if you are going to grow in your faith and become stronger in your witness, then my brother and my Sister, you've got to buckle down and do the work. Mm. You got to do the work. You got to do the work. You got to do the work of spiritual development. You have to do the work of deepening your devotion. You have to do the work of strengthening your prayer life. You have to do the work of resisting temptation. Do the work of, that's involved with forgiving those who have offended you. Do the work necessary for breaking bad habits. Do the work required for establishing new good habits. You have to do the work if you're going to crucify the flesh because, listen, the work of salvation is not just the instant moment that we tend to think about when we give our lives to Christ, but being saved means that you have signed up to do the work. That's why Jesus says this. He says this, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, if you put your hand on the plow, you signed up to do the work. You've given your life to Christ. You signed up to do the work. You said, Lord, I'm on the battlefield and I recognize that the war is in me. I'm on the battlefield and I recognize that the battlefield is in me. And I'm willing to do the work. Do the work. Salvation is not just a once in the moment thing, but it 
covers past, present, and future tenses. It is a past work. It is an ongoing work. It is a work that will yet take place. For Paul says in Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man may boast. Watch this, he says, for by grace you have been saved. That's past tense. It happened. You remember the day, you remember the hour when you gave your life to Christ and you said, Lord, I want you to come into my life. I want to be your child. It happened. And in that moment, you were justified. God saved you. He redeemed you. It happened. You have been saved. That's past tense. But then the New Testament also speaks about salvation in the present perfect tense. In 2 Corinthians 2 and 15, it says, For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. We are, watch this, being saved. That means that salvation not only happened, but it continues. It is happening. I, I gave my life to Christ. That's justification. But as I am being saved now, I'm being sanctified. It's a part of my salvation progress. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I, I have been saved. I am being saved. But then the Bible says not only are you being saved, but you will be saved. It's future tense. Romans 5 and 9 says, since therefore... We have now been justified by his blood that was saved. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. We shall be saved. In other words, there's justification. I was saved. There's sanctification. I'm being saved. There's glorification. I will be saved. I will be saved. So salvation is instant, ongoing, and eternal. The work of salvation begins with our deliverance from the penalty of sin, but it continues as we are delivered from sin's power, and finally it ends from us being delivered by, from sin's presence. In other words, hear me, God, listen to this, God redeems us by himself, but God reforms us as we work with him. Let that sink in. God redeems us all by himself. Lord, save me. He does it. Don't need no help from you. He got that covered when Jesus died on the cross. His blood covers a multitude of all of our sins, past, present, and future. And the blood of Jesus Christ, once shed, covers the sin for all of eternity. So when we pray the prayer of salvation, God redeems us all by himself. But reformation requires working with him. God saves us from eternal death all by himself. But being saved from daily sins and daily temptations and daily carnal desires, that's our work to do with him. Yes, God pulls you out of the hands of the enemy all by himself. But if you're going to be pulled out of the club, I can't get no help in here now. If you're going to be pulled out of adulterous affairs, if you're going to be pulled out of wicked lifestyles, you've got to work with God. Tell your neighbor, you've got to do the work. 
You got to do the work. He ain't going to do that for you. You, you have to do the work. You, you can't give that to God and expect him to do it all by himself. You've got to be a willing participant and do the work. Do the work. Do the work. Because the work is ours to do. See, and this is where a lot of us need help because we've been waiting on the Lord to change us. That's why y'all so quiet right now. You've been waiting on the Lord to fix you. You've been waiting on the Lord to make you a new, amen, amen, amen. You, you've been waiting on him to, to turn it all around. No, that's yours to do. Paul said, work out your own salvation. With fear and trembling, that means you have to dedicate yourself to the change. You have to dedicate yourself to the transformation. You have to dedicate yourself to being the new creature that you are in Jesus Christ. We've gotten comfortable with the idea that since God is working on us, we ain't got nothing to do. And so... And so we'll talk bad, and then we'll ask folk, well, please be patient with me. You know, God ain't through with me yet. Amen. Amen. We, we'll, we'll go to line and then say, well, he's still working on me. He's still... He's still working on me. We, 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 we'll cheat and, and get comfortable and, and, and say, well, when God gets through with me. But God should not be working on you by himself. You have to do. Y'all going to make me preach this all by myself, I see. You got to do the work. Do do the work. That's why Paul says in the text, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Do the work. Don't stay on first base of your salvation. Do the work. Round the bases and keep making progress. Do the work. Buckle down and get serious in your commitment with Christ. Do the work because I got news for you. The Lord is not going to do for you the work that is yours to do. You have a role to play in your own salvation. Quit waiting on God to give you the courage to say no. Do the work. Discover the dunamis power that's working inside of you and discover that you have the ability to say no to temptation. Do the work. Quit waiting on God to break your habits. Do the work of understanding yourself and recognizing your triggers and knowing your weaknesses and stop putting yourself in compromising positions. Do the work. Y'all looking at me like I ain't talking to you. Do the work, do the work, do the work because it's yours to do and can't nobody do it for you. Can't nobody change this for you. Can't nobody work this out for you. You must do the work because it's yours to do. Paul points this out in our text. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Be clear, the work that is yours to do is not to stay saved, but rather the work that is yours to do is to live out the reality of your salvation. That's your work. 
It is your work to make plain and evident that you are a new creature in Christ. The work that is yours to do is to give visible evidence of the internal change happening in your life. So three points. I'm going to let you go. Three things that you got to do. That's your work to do and yours exclusively. Number one, write it down. You have the work of maturation. The work of maturation. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11 simply says, Paul says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I what? Wish I had some Bible readers in here. I put away childish things. The work that is yours then begins with you deciding it's time to grow up. Your work is to put away childish language, childish perspectives, childish thinking. Your work is to mature. Don't remain childish in your ways, but grow up. You cannot keep the same mouth and the same mind claiming to be a mature believer. The work of maturation means trading in your stuff for he is. Can I show it to you? Paul, Paul says earlier in the same text in Philippians verse 5, he, he says earlier, he says, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. Paul says that we have to trade our minds for his and let his mind become ours. Let his thoughts become ours. Let his views become ours. Let his perspectives become ours. Let his motivations become ours. Let his attitude become ours. Let the way that he treats people become ours. Let the way that he thought about issues become the way that we think about them. Let the way that he responded to people who offended him become the way that we respond to people who offend us, which means that I've got to trade my mind and what I would do with what he did because all of us got a mind to do some things and to say some things that are not of God. I wish I had a witness in here. Somebody got on your nerves this week and you said I almost gave him a piece. Amen. And that's why you need to let go of your mind and let his mind I wish I had a witness in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you let his mind become your mind, you're saying to him, Lord, I want to think like you. I want to see situations the way you see them. I want to see people the way you see them. I want to understand issues the way you understand them. I want to reach conclusions the way you reach them. I want to make decisions that you would make. I want your mind to be my mind, your thinking to become my thinking, your perspectives to become my perspective. And the only way his mind can become yours. Listen, that doesn't happen magically. That doesn't happen mysteriously. The only way his mind can become yours, you have to expose yourself to his thoughts. In other words, in other words, you, you, you've got to see how did Jesus deal with folk? 
How, how did Jesus act when he was mistreated? How, how did Jesus respond to offense? How did Jesus manage deficits and deal with difficult personalities? Which means you've got to read your word. And yes, that's your work to do as a believer and as a disciple of Christ. You must allow your thinking to become his by understanding how he thought about issues. You don't have to come up with positions to take. Look at the positions he took and let his positions become your own. You don't have to figure out how, what conclusions to make on this issue. What did Jesus, what conclusions did he make? And let his conclusions become your own. Do I have a witness in here? Maturation in the life of the believer does not just involve the mind, but it also involves the mouth. Mm. Mm. It involves the mouth. The Apostle James says in James 1 and 26, if any man seem to be religious, and bridles not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is vain. In other words, your work is not just to think like the Lord, but you got to talk like the Lord. Your work is not just to think like him, but to sound like him. To so train and tame your tongue such that the words coming out of your mouth are the kind of words that Jesus himself would say. My God, my God, my God. Somebody say, Reverend, that's going to take some work. I know, but, but do the work. Do the work. That's yours. That's yours to do. And there's a problem when saved people don't sound like they say. Problem when you can sing good. But if you ain't singing a song, you can't tell you say. Don't get quiet now. There's a problem. There's a problem if, if, if the way we talk, and I'm not just talking about coarse language, but, but sometimes some, some of the way we talk, some, sometimes, why, why, why do you, yeah, thank you. She says, not what you say, but how you say it. Sometimes Christian folk can say some of the most cruel thoughtless, insensitive stuff. And, and you leave that experience wondering, do they have any God in them? James says, if your religion is real, you ought to be able to train and tame your tongue so that you don't say everything that comes to your mind. If it come to mind, it ought not come out of your mouth. Lord, set a gate upon my mouth. Ah. Second, let me push on, let me push on. That's work, that's work, that's your work to do. That's your work to do. If you're still talking the way you were talking 10 years ago, you're not doing the work. 
Amen. You're not doing the work. Number two, number two. There is secondly the work of restoration. I know you weren't expecting that one. The work of restoration. Let me show it to you in scripture. Restoration is the work of the believer. And God is delighted in the work of believers being restored. Galatians 6 and 1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye who are spiritual, restore such a one. In the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, Paul exhorts the believers of the church of Galatia to participate in the work of restoration of fallen believers. If a brother or sister is overtaken with some sin or some habit or some addiction or some behavior or some lifestyle, you who are spiritual, you who are saved, you who are being saved, you who are doing the work of maturing in the faith, you are supposed to participate in the work of restoring individuals. In other words, when folk are down, you're not supposed to kick them. You, you who are saved, you who are saved should participate and do the work of restoration. That means lifting people up when they fall. And that means giving them an encouraging word. That means edifying them and not tearing them down. That means looking them in the eye and being daring to be transparent with them and acknowledging that you've made some mistakes in the past too and God still used you in spite of the mistakes you made. When somebody falls, don't kick them. Don't beat them. Don't. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself. What does Paul say? Consider the fact that you messed up too. Consider the fact that you've fallen down before. Consider the fact that you needed another chance. Consider the fact that somebody needed to forgive you. Consider the fact that if it had not been for God picking you up and washing you and giving you another chance, you would not be here today. So you who are saved, restore somebody who has fallen. Help somebody who's messed up. Don't spread their business all over town. See, that's what church folk do. Not saved folk. Saved folk don't act like church folk. Wish I had a witness in here. Oh, I feel like preaching that right there. Say, saved folk don't act like church folk. Church, church folk can come here and put on a show, but saved folk know how to really be your prayer partner. Saved folk know how to hold what you give to them in confidence. Saved folk know how to walk with you through your valleys and through your struggle. Saved folk won't spread your business in the street. Saved folk. I wish we had more saved folk in these churches. More saved folk. Do the work. Do the work. Do the work. Let, let me help you. Let me help you. Restoration. Restoration. I'm going to go a bit further. Restoration is not just about helping folk who have fallen. Restoration is also about forgiving folk who need to be forgiven. 
Somebody didn't want to hear that this morning. Because you, you were ready to help folk get up. But, but what you're not ready to do is do the work of restoring relationships that you know are messed up. But I wish I had some saved folk in the house this morning who recognize that part of your work as a child of God is to restore broken relationships. Good God, Pat is getting quiet in here. Part of your work as a child of God is to mend broken fences. Part of your work as a child of God is to go to your brother and your sister with whom you have ought and get on one accord. Part of your work as a child of God is to work out differences and decide the devil ain't going to make us go to our graves mad with each other. Part of your work as a child of God is to get over the small stuff and decide that it ain't worth But you got to do the work. You, somebody, somebody, if you that saved, you ought to be able to pick up the phone. If you that saved, you ought to be able to dial those digits. If you that saved, you ought to be able to say to that person, it's time for us to fix this. Because Jesus said, if you're giving and presenting your gifts at the altar and remember that you have a disagreement with your brother, he said, leave the gift. In other words, in other words, forget about the God thing right now and go to your brother. Because a lot of us would love to just deal with God. But God keeps putting before us the people we keep trying to avoid. God says, no, don't come to me until you deal with him. Don't worship me until you get right with her. Don't, don't give anything to me until you fix what's been broken with your brother and your sister. Call yourself saved. Do the work. If you're saved, do the work. Act like you saved. Do, do the work and repair what has been broken. Do the work. And work out your own salvation. Lastly, and I'm through. Finally, being saved means that you are doing the work of transformation. The work of of transformation. Being saved means that you are doing the work of being changed. Yes, when you accept Jesus into your life, there is the immediate change from an old nature to a new nature, from an old creature to a new creature in Christ. That's the instant, the moment that you say yes to making Jesus Christ Lord of your life. But the change of living and the change of behavior is not instantaneous. I wish I had two or three witnesses right there. In other words, in other words, listen, the moment you say yes to the Lord, Lord, the, God changes your nature then. But how many of you know that, that it probably only took a good week? Okay, maybe a month. Oh, the other way. 
a few days. Gotcha. It, it didn't take long before the ways and the behaviors and the mindset that you were trying to get rid of popped up again and said, I ain't going nowhere. Why? Because you must do the work of transformation. 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 And transformation is not you just singing a song, I looked at my hands and my... Hands look new and looked at my feet and my feet did too. Most of you lying anyway look the same hands, same feet. Lord help, Lord help, Lord help. Transformation 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 i must be changed transformed by the renewing of my mind not conformed to this world but transformed that that is my work that if i'm going to be transformed i have to constantly renew my mind and that takes work you got to do the work that means every morning lord it's me again here I am with this old mind of mine, with this old mouth of mine, with these old ways of mine. But Lord, I want to live for you today. And listen, that, that's why I said today, because you got to do this every day. Every day you have to pray. Every day you have to ask God to give you help. Every day you have to go before the Lord for strength. Every day. And here's what I want to leave you with. That if you do your work, he'll do his. I'm through. If you do your work, he will do his. For the Bible says in Philippians 1 and 6, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, wish I had some Bible readers. Paul says, if he started it in you, he said, I'm convinced that whatever God starts, he's going to finish it. And so all I got to do is keep doing my part because he's going to keep doing his. Do I have a witness in here? Yeah, I can be sure that, that, that he will not stop on the job. You know, sometimes you, you get folk uh, to do something and, and they'll get started and, and get into something and before long, they'll stop on you. But God is not like that. Whatever he starts, he'll finish it. Do I have a witness in here? He's, Paul says, now I know that if he begins a good work in me, he shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to do the work. I'm going to do the work. And as I do mine, he'll do his. He will fix what's wrong with my heart if I give it to him. He will change my mind if I surrender it to him. He will give me strength in my flesh if I crucify it. 
I got to do my part. And he will do his. And now unto him who is able <laughs> to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine according to the power that's working in us. He'll do it. Oh, he will. But you have to do the work. Now listen, somebody may be here this morning and your work starts with this first step of simply saying, Lord, I'm ready and I'm wanting to be changed. Lord, I'm ready and I'm wanting to be transformed. Lord, I want to be a new creature in Christ because I've not had this experience where I've really gotten real with you. You may have been in church, but you've not gotten real with God. You, 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 may, you may have done all of the things that, that look to be and seem to be on the right path of religion, but you know in your heart of hearts that it's time for you. It's time for you to do the work. We want to invite you this morning to do just that. Come this morning. If you're ready to start doing the work, you come this morning. If you're ready to start doing the work, you come this morning. You got, you got some work to do. You recognize, Lord, I got some work to do. I, I, I've got to start this thing over. I've got to get it right. I, I've got to come to you, Lord. I've got to give my heart to you. I've got to give my life to you. I've tried to do it all by myself, and, and that wasn't working. So, Lord, I'm ready to do the work according to your will, according to your way, the way you want it done. I'm ready to do the work. If you're here this morning, you come now. Mm, a wonderful change. He'll change your life. He'll change your heart. He'll change you right now. Come on and do the work. Come on and do the work. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. A wonderful change. Wonderful. Wonderful change. Oh, oh,
He'll change your heart. He'll change. Sister Palmer coming, and she's coming by Christian experience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister Palmer, that means you've been a member of a church. You've been baptized. Here at K, we ask one question. Are you willing to study with us? Amen. She's willing to do the work. I'm going to ask you to go with one of the members of the orientation committee, and they're going to sign you up for orientation, and they're going to let you know what we as Baptists believe. Thank you now. God bless. All right, I understand Sister Ledbetter would like to make a statement. Good morning, church. How you all doing? Um, as well as you know that I lost my brother, and uh, I just actually just want to thank you all. You know, I'm shedding now. There are tears of joy because I've really had a hard time with this, and um, I'm trying to come back, y'all. I really am. It's just so hard. It's been real hard for me. Ask you to just keep my family your prayers and pray for the city of Jackson also. Amen. And I understand this is also Sister Ledbetter. This is your niece. Hello, how everyone doing? Bless you, bless you. Bless Thank you. y'all for your prayers and condolences. My family is Bless you, bless you. God to continue to lift my family up. God, thank you. Amen. Amen. Sorry about that. Amen. Now understand that the Baloos are coming for prayer. And that, of course, Sister Ledbetter and Sister Ledbetter come for prayer as well. I'm going to ask if you would bow your heads where you are. Father God, we come to you as humble as we know how. Lord, we thank you for these who have come. Acknowledging that they know that we can do nothing without you but that with you all things are possible. My God, my God. Lord, we ask now that you will continue to strengthen the Ledbetter family. Father, you know where they're weak. We ask that you will build them up. Lord, we ask that you will continue to remind them that all of our help cometh from the hills and that you are the owner of the cattle on a thousand hills and that you can do any and all things. Father, the Baloos are coming asking for you to strengthen their marriage. We know that the devil is busy. We know that adversity is all around. But we also know, Lord, that if you're in it, they will win it. Bless them, Lord. Where those that who will come against them, Lord, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. 
help them, strengthen them, and keep them in the mighty power that only you can give. And we will be so careful to always give you the praise and the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it all. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Won't you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Listen, as has been mentioned, let's, let's continue to lift up the city of Jackson. This dear family was touched with loss. But all around us, throughout this city, we see the news reports day in and day out. We need to pray for our children this summer break. That God's hedge would be around them and upon them. We need to lift up our communities and our neighborhoods. We need to lift up our leaders, our governmental officials. All who play a role in trying to help keep this city safe. Do that daily. Jackson needs our prayers. Now unto him who is able to keep you and present you faultless before the Father with exceeding joy. To the only wise God be glory, majesty, dominion, and power now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Do the work.